Section 30 of Elia and the Last Essays of Elia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. Elia and the Last Essays of Elia by Charles Lamb. Blakesmore in H. Shear. I do not know a pleasure more affecting than to range at will over the deserted apartments of some fine old family mansion. The traces of extinct grandeur admit of a better passion than envy, and contemplations on the great and good whom we fancy in succession to have been its inhabitants weave for us illusions incompatible with the bustle of modern occupancy and vanities of foolish present aristocracy the same difference of feeling i think attends us between entering an empty and a crowded church in the latter it is chance but some present human frailty an act of inattention on the part of some of the auditory or a trait of affectation or worse vainglory on that of the preacher puts us by our best thoughts disharmonizing the place and the occasion but wouldst thou know the beauty of holiness go alone on some weekday borrowing the keys of good master sexton traverse the cool aisles of some country church think of the piety that has kneeled there the congregations old and young that have found consolation there the meek pastor the docile parishioner with no disturbing emotions no cross-conflicting comparisons drink in the tranquillity of the place till thou thyself become as fixed and motionless as the marble effigies that kneel and weep around thee journeying northward lately i could not resist going some few miles out of my road to look upon the remains of an old great house with which i had been impressed in this way in infancy i was surprised that the owner of it had lately pulled it down still i had a vague notion that it could not all have perished that so much solidity with magnificence could not have been crushed all at once into the mere dust and rubbish which i found it the work of ruin had proceeded with a swift hand indeed and the demolition of a few weeks had reduced it to an antiquity i was astonished at the indiscretion of everything where had stood the great gates what bounded the courtyard whereabout did the outhouses commence a few bricks only lay as representatives of that which was so stately and so spacious death does not shrink up his human victim at this rate the burnt ashes of a man weigh more in their proportion had i seen these brick-and-mortar knaves at their process of destruction at the plucking of every panel i should have felt the varlets at my heart i should have cried out to them to spare a plank at least out of the cheerful storeroom in whose hot window-seat i used to sit and read cowley with the grass-plat before and the hum and flappings of that one solitary wasp that ever haunted it about me it is in mine ears now as oft as summer returns or a panel of the yellow room why every plank and panel of that house for me had magic in it the 
tapestried bedrooms, tapestry so much better than painting, not adorning merely, but peopling the wainscots at which childhood ever and anon would steal a look, shifting its coverlid, replaced as quickly, to exercise its tender courage in a momentary eye encounter with those stern bright visages staring reciprocally all ovid on the walls in colours vivider than his descriptions actaeon in mid-sprout with the unappeasable prudery of diana and the still more provoking and almost culinary coolness of danphobus eel fashion deliberately divesting of marcius then that haunted room in which old mrs battle died whereunto I have crept but always in the daytime with a passion of fear and a sneaking curiosity, terror-tainted to hold communication with the past, how shall they build it up again? It was an old deserted place, yet not so long deserted that traces of the splendour of past inmates were everywhere apparent. Its furniture was still standing, even to the tarnished gilt-leather battledoors and crumbling feathers of shuttlecocks in the nursery, which told that children had once played there, but I was a lonely child, and had the range at will of every apartment, knew every nook and corner, wandered and worshipped everywhere. The solitude of childhood is not so much the mother of thought as it is the feeder of love, and silence and admiration so strange a passion for the place possessed me in those years that though there lay i shame to say how few roods distant from the mansion half hid by trees what i judged some romantic like such was the spell which bound me to the house and such my carefulness not to pass its strict and proper precincts that the idle waters lay unexplored for me and not till late in life, curiosity prevailing over elder devotion, I found, to my astonishment, a pretty brawling brook had been the lacus incognitus of my infancy. Variegated views, extensive prospects, and those at no great distance from the house, I was told of such. What were they to me, being out of the boundaries of my Eden? so far from a wish to roam i would have drawn methought still closer the fences of my chosen prison and have been hemmed in by a yet securer cincture of those excluding garden walls i could have exclaimed with that garden-loving poet bind me ye woodbines in your twines curl me about ye gadding vines and oh so close your circles lice that i may never leave this place but lest your fetters prove too weak ere i your silken bondage break do you o brambles chain me too and courteous briars nail me through i was here as in a lonely temple snug firesides the low-built roof parlours ten feet by ten frugal boards and all the homeliness of home these were the condition of my birth the wholesome soil which i was planted in yet without impeachment to their tenderest lessons i am not sorry to have had glances of something beyond and to have taken if but a peep in childhood at the contrasting accidents of a great fortune 
to have the feeling of gentility it is not necessary to have been born gentle the pride of ancestry may be had on cheaper terms than to be obliged to an importunate race of ancestors and the coatless antiquary in his unemblazoned cell revolving the long line of a mowbray's or de clifford's pedigree at those sounding names may warm himself into as gay a vanity as those who do inherit them the claims of birth are ideal merely and what herald shall go about to strip me of an idea is it trenchant to their swords can it be hacked off as a spur can or torn away like a tarnished garter what else were the families of the great to us what pleasure should we take in their tedious genealogies or their capitulatory brass monuments what to us the uninterrupted current of their bloods if our own did not answer within us to a cognate and correspondent elevation or wherefore else o tattered and diminished scutcheon that hung upon the time-worn walls of thy princely stairs blakesmore have i in childhood so oft stood pouring upon thy mystic characters thy emblematic supporters with their prophetic resurgam till every dreg of peasantry purging off i received into myself very gentility thou wert first in my morning eyes and of nights hast detained my steps from bedward till it was but a step from gazing at thee to dreaming on thee this is the only true gentry by adoption the veritable change of blood and not as empirics have fabled by transfusion who it was by dying that had earned the splendid trophy i know not i inquired not but its fading rags and colours cobweb-stained told that its subject was of two centuries back and what if my ancestor at that date was some damotus feeding flocks not his own upon the hills of lincoln did i in less earnest vindicate to myself the family trappings of this once proud egon repaying by a backward triumph the insults he might possibly have heaped in his lifetime upon my poor pastoral progenitor if it were presumption so to speculate the present owners of the mansion had least reason to complain they had long forsaken the old house of their fathers for a newer trifle and i was left to appropriate to myself what images i could pick up to raise my fancy or to soothe my vanity i was the true descendant of those old w's and not the present family of that name who had fled the old waste places mine was that gallery of good old family portraits which as i have gone over giving them in fancy my own family name one and then another would seem to smile reaching forward from the canvas to recognize the new relationship while the rest looked grave as it seemed at the vacancy of their dwelling and thoughts of fled posterity that beauty with the cool blue pastoral drapery and a lamb that hung next the great bay window with the bright yellow h sheer air and i of watchet hue so like my alice i am persuaded she was a true elia mildred elia i take it 
mine too, Blakesmoor, was thy noble marble hall, with its mosaic pavements and its twelve Caesars, stately busts in marble ranged around, of whose countenances, young reader faces as I was, the frowning beauty of Nero, I remember, had most of my wonder, but the mild Galba had my love. There they stood in the coldness of death, yet freshness of immortality. Mine, too, thy lofty justice hall, with its one chair of authority, high-backed and wicked, once the terror of luckless poacher or self-forgotten maiden, so common since that bats have roosted in it. Mine, too, whose else, thy costly fruit-garden, with its sun-baked southern wall, the ampler pleasure-garden, rising backwards from the house in triple terraces, with flower-pots now of palest lead, save that a speck here and there, saved from the elements, bespeak their pristine state to have been gilt and glittering, the verdant quarters backwarder still, and stretching still beyond, in old formality, thy furry wilderness, the haunt of the squirrel, and the day-long murmuring wood-pigeon, with that antique image in the centre, god or goddess I wist not, the child of Athens or old Rome paid never a sincerer worship to Pan or to Silvanus in their native groves, than I to that fragmental mystery. Was it for this that I kissed my childish hands too fervently in your idol worship, walks and windings of Blakesmoor? For this, or what sin of mine has the plough passed over your pleasant places? I sometimes think that, as men, when they die, do not die at all, so of their extinguished habitations there may be a hope a germ to be revivified. End of section 30